finally good news. A vaccine that may just work 90% in the final trials. This vaccine by Pfizer. Two shots in all, stored in super cold before administration. Does it really work? How fast can it be rolled out? Along with Pfizer, it may be only days before good news coming from the Oxford vaccine in final trials. The world is still unsteady with COVID cases going up and death rates mounting again. One death not from COVID. The 30-year host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek, has died after a long fight with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Trapped in her assisted living, eyesight faded, hearing declining, my wife had to break the news of Trebek's passing with a final program to air Christmas Day. For her mom, Helen Smith, Jeopardy may be over, but her faith grows stronger. May the faith of all of us keep waiting, keep growing, for Jesus to give us faith. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. We're in a series this week called A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. I find it interesting that even 102 years after the First World War, we're still talking about it. It changed our world forever. America entered the war in 1917. Two million U.S. troops fought in Europe with 50,000 making the ultimate sacrifice. Of course, Canada entered the war in 1914. They lost 61,000 troops. As I said, the world had never seen such devastation in that short amount of time. In total, nearly 10 million military personnel and 10 million civilians lost their lives in what's called the Great War. Yesterday, we heard from a historian who shared how this war was used by the Lord to create a unique relationship between C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, the men who created Narnia and Middle-earth. What we tend to forget, for those of us who love the writings of C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, we forget that they fought in the First World War. Both of them did. They survived it. They become friends at Oxford in 1926, and that friendship just lasts right up to Lewis's death in 1963. So they fight in one world war, Charles, and then think about it. Then they have to live through a second world war. Mm. Just 20 years later, they have to go through it again. And it was in that period from around 1937, 38, right through the 1940s. It's in that period that is incredibly fertile and rich with their imaginations uh, really on fire. That's when Tolkien and Lewis are writing their, their really their great works that really mm -hmm. begins in the late 1930s, just as Europe is going into another great cataclysm. That's Dr. Joseph Lacanti. He'll be back with us in just a moment to talk about how the Great War not only shaped Lewis and Tolkien's literary styles, but also how it had a spiritual influence on them as well. But before we get to that, I'd like to send you a copy of Joseph's epic book or the audiobook called A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. Lewis and Tolkien both fought in the trenches of World War I, but up until now... No one has ever looked at the influence that the Great War had on their lives. So when my wife Janet told me about this book, I got excited, to say the least. Joseph chronicles the fascinatingly true story about how God used this Great War to draw Lewis and Tolkien together as friends, but more importantly to Christ, and how this friendship led them to create stories that would point others to Jesus 
and capture the imagination of every generation since. After reading A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, I know you'll be reminded that Jesus is the light that breaks through the darkness, even today, giving us life and hope and strength to endure for His glory. Why don't you call us after the program? Make your gift to Haven today. And our number to call is 800 654 2836 865 Haven. We have it in book form or audio CD. You can also visit our website and make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And just before we open with our first song, we still have the first season of The Chosen, a creative TV show on the life of Jesus from the perspective of those around him. This double DVD with all eight episodes of season one will inspire you to know Jesus more. Ask about it when you call or watch the trailer there on our website. And now let's get started. We open with a song sung for us by Pat Barrett. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Shake it. 
song is called Build My Life here on Haven Today. A Hobbit, a wardrobe, and a great war. This is our second day, Tuesday, and this is a special week as we remember the 102nd anniversary of the end of World War I. Many marched off to war, hoping this would be the war to end all wars. They quickly learned it would be the worst war humanity had ever fought. Mechanized war, poison gas. In Europe, they dug those trenches and found themselves in no man's land. The enthusiasm of going to war quickly faded to desperation. Historians like Joseph Leconte have a lot to teach us about the First World War, especially about how such a tremendous and horrific event could happen at all. What was it that led so many to believe that technology would make all future wars quick and tidy? How could they have been so naive? Well, it doesn't take us too long to see that we share that generation's blindness. The problem was, as well as is, we confuse redemption with the fall. Of course, those are major parts to the story of Scripture. Any follower of Jesus will recognize that. But too often, we can place ourselves in the same predicament as Adam and Eve, all the while thinking we're doing God's work. We think we're the masters of our own fate, that we can get to God on our own terms. But the reality is complex. And that's why reading Lewis and Tolkien can be so helpful. They had a biblical view of humankind. Because we are created in God's image. We have worth. We have dignity. But because we're born fallen into this world, we're unable to do any good apart from God's grace. As Joseph Lucanti points out in his book, human nature is a tragic mix of nobility and wretchedness. Lewis and Tolkien had seen what so-called progress could look like in World War I, and in God's kindness, they came away from that conflict with great spiritual insight. I spoke with Dr. Lucanti about this idea, and I asked him to share some spiritual takeaways that we can gather from Lewis and Tolkien's lives friendship and writings. The hero, the epic hero, who was at the center of both their stories, even with all of his strength and his wits and his, and his energy and his commitment, the epic hero cannot save the day. He can't save himself. He can't achieve his quest without grace. It's, it's this source of grace and goodness outside of ourselves that is so important uh, to both their stories. Uh, just think about it this way. Uh, in the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Frodo doesn't achieve the quest, really. I mean, at the end of the day, mm. he doesn't destroy the ring. At the end of the day, he puts the ring back on his finger and says, the ring is mine. He won't complete yes, his task. Yes. It's, it's a, according to Tolkien, it's a sudden miraculous grace that allows the ring to be, uh, to be destroyed. And it's destroyed not by Frodo, not by the Fellowship of the Ring, but by... <laughs> A sudden miraculous grace, Gollum, of all the unlikely creatures. So it, that comes yes. from outside of Frodo. And it's the same uh, story, of course, in the Chronicles of Narnia. The children who are, who are then thrust into the stable where they expect the worst of deaths, the worst fate they could imagine, they don't save themselves. It's Aslan, of course, who saves them and converts the stable into a portal into Aslan's country. 
And so again, grace, mercy, redemption, they have to come from the outside. That is deliberate in both of their stories. And that's what makes both their stories so remarkable, particularly Tolkien, because you keep thinking Frodo is going to Frodo and Sam are going to pull this off, this quest to destroy the ring on their own, but they don't. They don't. And that is, that is Tolkien, who understands the gospel of grace, Lewis, who understands the gospel of grace, and we're drawn to their stories uh, in, in ways we can hardly describe, right? Mm-hmm. How does this apply to us today? Those are always tough ones for historians because we got our heads, you know, looking looking backwards a bit. But we but we we look backwards so we can look in the present though too, and even look forward a bit. Yes. So it's the right question to ask. I mean, I think there are, there are many ways to kind of benefit from the story of these two men. Certainly, their mutual friendship and encouragement is a huge lesson for us. We can't we can't accomplish anything good uh, in this world on our own. We really do need help from friends. These two men were lifelong friends. That's part of it. I really think that the idea of the the imagination and the willingness to use our creative gifts, because we all have some creative gifts, uh, we neglect them. I, I think like sometimes. to think so once in a while, you know? Joe. You do. I'm not sure about myself, but go ahead, go ahead. Well, you're in a creative business over here, Charles. Uh, by, by its nature, it's a creative business, and I think we sometimes neglect those creative gifts in a world that demands a kind of efficiency out of us, whatever it is. But we all have some creative gifts. Tolkien and Lewis had their own set, and those those gifts were used in service to God. It was a greater cause than themselves. They didn't uh, engage in in these great writing uh, tasks, these great epic works, these labors of love. They didn't do it because this is where the money was or this is where academic acclaim was going to be found. Just to the contrary. They had to steal time away from other responsibilities to pursue these creative tasks and callings. And that, to me, is just a, it's a great lesson for us, too. We all have a creative side to us, and we should cultivate it because beauty can come out of that. Redemptive beauty can come out of that. That's a huge lesson for me. That's Joe LaConte, author of the book A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. I'm Charles Morris. I'm so grateful for Joe's insights into these great authors. They saw what so many failed to see back in their day. Technological and industrial progress don't always bring the blessings promised. In fact, it often causes more harm than good, and it blinds us to the reality that we need the help of others, and especially the help of divine grace. Lewis and Tolkien came of age, and they started their careers in what's been called the Age of Progress. In their childhood and adult years, some of the most significant discoveries in history were made. Inventors were coming up with amazing contraptions all the time. There were the Wright brothers with the manned airplane in 1903. In 1908, Henry Ford produced over 10,000 Model T vehicles for the masses. Then, 1910, physicist Marie Curie made huge strides in the field of radioactivity. To the world's great leaders, progress was a capital P and was in motion, and there was no stopping it. Even pastors and theologians jumped on that bandwagon. Many abandoned the doctrines of Scripture and preached progress as the way that God's kingdom would finally come to earth. Lewis and Tolkien could see through the smoke and mirrors. Even if these discoveries and inventions could be used to make life easier, they could just as easily be used for destruction. 
They saw it firsthand in the war. Great advances in technology and science made it possible for hundreds or even more to be killed instantly by weapons miles away. The same progress that many preached became responsible for the deadliest, bloodiest century in history. That's what I mean by saying that we can confuse redemption for the fall. We can so easily believe that advancement and upward progress is the great redemption story. But the idea of advancement is actually what led Adam and Eve to eat of that fruit in the first place. They wanted progress, all right, but not on God's terms. So what happened? They became separated from God. They were estranged from the good world that he had made for them. That is not redemption. That's what we call the fall. How do you see other people in your life? Is your neighbor next door an image bearer to you? Or is he or she just a pawn for your own progress? Is the political opponent you're arguing with on Facebook made in God's likeness? Or is he or she someone you need to overcome for your own advancement? We need to remember that the kingdom doesn't come through our own advancement. It comes in Jesus Christ and in bowing our knee to him in all humility. The great lie that sin tells us is that it will liberate us. But the exact opposite is true. It makes us slaves and makes us believe that we can treat others the same way. Anyone and anything at your disposal. Lewis and Tolkien both knew the sad irony behind all this. You can see it in their books. It's why the evil wizard Saruman in The Lord of the Rings mechanizes the world around him. He used genetic engineering to create a new race of orcs. And all of this was to extend the dictatorship of Mordor throughout the world. It's why in Lewis's space trilogy, he wrote about scientists like Professor Weston, who said that technology has done away with morality in the world. That is not redemption. It is the fall all over again. Technological progress can be good. Of course it can. You might be listening to this program on a smartphone, but it makes grand promises. And we so often treat it like a religion. We still think, like our first father Adam, that we can ascend to God and ascend to him on our own terms. And like Adam, we fall. We're not the heroes of our story. Jesus is. We can't ascend to him. He had to come down to us. When our story was bent toward tragedy, he came and turned it all around. He shows us that the wickedness of the world isn't overcome through progress, but by his grace. That's what redemption actually looks like. Not an upward climb through our own ingenuity, but repentance and faith in Christ. Redemption is being brought back from the wicked ways of this world, and it leads us to love our neighbors, yes, even our enemies, rather than using them for our own good. In Christ, you're no longer a slave to sin or to the twisted ways of this world. You're set free, set free in Jesus. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, 
today in a Hillsong worship song, Who You Say I Am. I'm grateful we were able to spend some time again today with Dr. Joseph Lacanti. Don't you appreciate his enthusiasm for history and literature and also Jesus? And when you read or listen to his book called A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, you'll continue to be inspired by his insight. Not only does he show you how the Great War influenced the lives and writings of both C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, he'll help you better understand their friendship that led them to create stories that would point others to Jesus and capture the imagination of every generation since. After reading A Hobbit, Wardrobe, and A Great War, you'll be reminded that Jesus is the light that breaks through the darkness even today bringing us life, hope, and strength to endure for his glory. We have the book in the printed version or also the audio version. You just need to call us right now at 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Ask for a hobbit, a wardrobe, and a great war. 
or go visit our website, watch the book trailer, and then make your gift. And we'll send you either that audio or paperback version. Our website is haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And not to forget, we still have the first season of The Chosen, all eight episodes on a pair of DVDs for your minimum gift. Christmas is not too far away. This just might make a great gift for someone you love. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again on Wednesday, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. For day-to-day life, few things matter more than your memory. In a sense, your identity is tied to it, which is one reason Alzheimer's disease is so tragic. Those who suffer from it forget what they know, who they know, and even who they are. But there's another memory challenge we all have, and that's spiritual forgetfulness. Because when God does something big in our lives, we have a tendency to do one of two things. We either forget about it, or worse, we take credit. That's why God's Word urges us to be careful to remember all that God has done. From Psalm 103, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. You can start receiving Anchor Devotional in print at getanchor.com.